Hi, and welcome back to the Utojua Hujui podcast. Now, a quick word before we get in. Your girl, Aileen, has a little bit of a potty mouth, which means she does not mind her language and she speaks the fluent French, <laughs> um, which is all to say that I understand that some people are a little bit uncomfortable with this language. So here's just a warning for you. If, however, you are not uncomfortable and you would like to learn about the world around you and capitalism and colonialism and just like... All this fun shit with a dazzling, brilliant, and funny host, if I do say so myself. Um, Keep listening. Do you want to record a podcast? Karidi, come and play. I'd never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies. Mm. But now we're not. What are we gonna do? That's off key. Do you want to record a podcast? It doesn't have to be a podcast. Okay. I don't know this song. Oh my God. How do you not know this song? I don't know this song. Is it it, uh, Wakanda Forever? Isn't there, like, isn't there a song called Wakanda Forever? No, I don't know. I think so. Hang on, let me check this. Never watch Frozen in my... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay, so you, so I take it you do want to record a podcast. Sure, let's do this. Okay, hi. Ho, hello, and... Welcome. Back. To the, oh, back to the Uta Jua Hujui podcast. Yes. Brought to you by aileen's tea what is she drinking today oh my god it's almost always green tea and mint it's, it's and it you see what confuses me i thought her tea was purple tea no because it's in purple packaging so purple why and blue so yeah so why is that mint and tea? mint is green the green, green tea is green the, why does it need to be so it's purple? because it's part of like their attitude collection get it at Tea tea. Terrible. Um, and and each like packet has like a different color. So green tea and mint is blue and purple. I believe chocolate tea is like a dark brown and like a like a mustard yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think green tea and lemon is green and yellow. Love tea is black and pink. What's love tea? Love tea is like rose, vanilla, mm-hmm. and something else. What's what's the use of love tea? Is it supposed to make people fall in love? I don't know, but it does make you more affectionate. And I think it might be the placebo effect in, a, in action. I don't know. Oh, I was going to ask, do you know that from experience? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that moving, where you're going? Moving on. Ah, moving on. Lack moving. of answer is always an answer. No answer is always an answer. Whatever, whatever. So how are you? How have you been? Salama hustling, going through this world of being overpriced for everything and looking for every cent and... <laughs> realizing that certain denominations of money have no value so anymore. So like what, the hundred bob? Once you break a thousand, it's gone, it's, by the way. It's useless. It's, it's, it's oh. useless. Hey, hey, because also, as a, from one, from a non-car owner to a car owner, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you see, now, what confuses me is very simple. Although they explained it, I remember that David D was sitting down, no, he wasn't sitting, he was standing, explaining why oil prices are high but oil prices everywhere have been dropping in, in fact someone gave me a statistic and said from november till date the landed cost. it has dropped by 40 yeah. percent the price of oil our price of oil yes i'll give ruto one thing it has become consistent like it goes up by one bob three bob 
but the only consistency is why is it going point. up I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the government needs the extra money to cover its shit. We all know this. But they're all saying it's the Dora. The dollar is the dollar. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, our, our foreign reserves also aren't the best right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm going to become like those people. One day when I become very rich, be like, pay me only in dollars. Please. Oh my God, it's so nice. I, only, I want it into my dollar it's, account. It's so nice because I recently got paid in dollars, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just letting it sit mm-hmm. so I can just watch it become more and more shillings. See, the value just increases. Even, even, though, then, I, even though I know it means the shilling is, is basically dying. And then one step two of being rich with many dollars, I pay very big people to save me a lot of money and take my money outside of Kenya. Yes. I think that's so you pay the smartest people to get involved in tax avoidance. So, I think that's that's step two, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. So speaking of tax avoidance and money and wealth and big big people, mm-hmm. I have a question to ask you. Sure. If you were a dictator, mm-hmm. what petty dictator shit would you do? Like rename all the months of the year after you and your mom or force everyone to memorize your book in order to get a driver's license, mm. or make the words for yes and no be your name? <laughs> I think I would I would develop a weird contraption, spike contraptions along the sides of the roads. So that every oh my spikes, God, this is so petty. Every single Kenyan who does this stupid overlapping nonsense gets so spiked and they sit on that road and they must repair their tires by buying new tires. And by the way, a tire goes for between 3 to 11 or 14 or 50,000 shillings. So every time you do that, there, instead of paying the government your fine because it's just going to the pocket of policemen, no, 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 no. You buy yourself new tires. I'm so, you Kenyans, my goodness, learn to drive on the roads. I'm sorry. I'm such a strong Pan-Africanist that I love my country and you know, the 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 the, the classic the Kipkeno classic just happened and it was excellent um ferdinando manyala 9.84 seconds you know yeah woo but you kenyans and your traffic rules oh my god oh my god and, 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 and before you continue speaking <laughs> before you continue speaking it's not just traffic rules kenyans just don't follow rules they just don't follow rules have you ever lined up lined up in a line in a bank and not in Nairobi. Like, lined up in the line in the bank outside of Nairobi. And then you just watch. And it's always a lady, by the way. I'm sorry. Walk what? right round everybody and go straight to the front of the line. Why? Okay, look. In my defense, the times that I have done that is to ask a question. Then I go back and That's r- still wrong. How is it wrong if my question informs whether or not I stay in the line? Julius Nyerere. Oh, my God. Called Kenya. A dog-eat-dog society. <laughs> And then Jonjo responded by saying that Tanzania is a dog-eat-nothing society. <laughs> However, this anarchy in this republic of ours with regards to laws. And then, and this one I'm going to throw completely flat oh out at, 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 uh, at, at uh, our current administration. Oh my God, bribes and corruption has gone rampant. It has gone rampant. Everywhere you go, every office you go, people just want money. No one is hiding Okay, you know what, this one I actually have something to add on because, Mm -hmm. like, we all know corruption has, it feels like corruption has gotten worse. Yes. Right? So it makes no sense to me why, in a feeling, in, 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 in an environment where the citizens of this great republic already don't trust the government to use money appropriately, Mm -hmm. the government then said, hey, we need more of your money. To do what with, we don't know. We just, it's just weird because we don't trust you. Then Mm -hmm. why did you raise taxes? What makes you think we're now going to pay taxes? What makes you think we're not going to engage in more tax avoidance? 
because we don't trust you with our money and we're tired of giving you money. And have you not heard? Uh, you as a content creator shall now be taxed. So you'll be ta- you know where your, your cup of tea shall be taxed. Thirty percent shall go to the government. Thirty percent of your tea, you know. They can have thirty percent of my nuts. Oh my anyway, God. so hey, if you have thirty percent of nuts, then we have a problem. We need to walk out of here. Have you never heard of something called a soul dick? I think that is only something a woman can talk about because <laughs> every other person of the male. Persuasion doesn't need a soul dick because guess what? <laughs> y'all, y'all are dicks. Uh, uh, the, dick, uh. the dick gets to eat first. Okay, all right. So <clears throat> I kind of want to send this to your parents and be like, oh. "Look at creepy." I know. I, I I love my parents, but I told them certain podcasts. You know, maybe. <laughs> Not best for you to listen to. Although I think your parents would love this podcast. I, I think they would. I think they would just struggle a lot num- for, for a few reasons. Number one, you know, you're my wife, so... Work wife. Yeah, Ex-work we, we wife. Can, we, for, we can forget the ex, we can forget the work. Oh, but it's a work so wife So they already situation. know you as, like, my wife. Work. Work. As, as my wife. Work. Uh, potato, potato. No, you know? potato, fish. <laughs> work. Hey, potato what? and fish works very well together. No. Yeah. Okay, we're losing track, uh-huh. Anyways. Uh, so they'd be like, this friend of yours who you are greeting at that function swears that much, like talks singer. about green things. <laughs> anyway, one last question before mm-hmm. we, and this one has to be quick. Cause I, I asked you like the question I asked you about being a dictator, that was only supposed to take up like one or two minutes. Just sorry. Spikes on all roads. That's what I'm, that's what I'm calling. You for. went on a rant. Like you had something in your soul. That and needed second, to be and second also, I would remove and this one, my cousin's going to kill me because this is actually his idea. But speed bumps that don't need to be there need to be gone. But anyways, continue. So, today we'll be talking about the life and death of Clement George Michael Arguing's Codec. Or CMG Arguing's Codec. That makes so much sense. When I was reading on him, I kept seeing CMG. I'm yeah. Like, Kumbe, his name is Clement? Clement George Michael. So it's a CGM. Yeah, or Michael George. I think I think I think I may have gotten this wrong already. Like I'm a hack and a fraud. <laughs> so the, he's he was considered the gem of the Lua Nation, and but he was also a potential assassination victim. The reason why I say potential is because we just we just don't know. We will never know. There is so little verifiable information mm-hmm. that anything I say in this episode might as well be treated as speculation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying my best, mm-hmm. but we know nothing, and it is infuriating because mm-hmm. at the time of his death. Mr. Kodak was a minister. He was a big man. Mm-hmm. I think he was minister, minister for, for, foreign, for foreign, affairs, foreign affairs. Like Duale, right? Duale is not minister for foreign affairs. Is, what's his face? It is Mutua. Thank you. Mm. The Machakos guy. Yeah. Yes. Duale is minister for... Defense. Defense. Okay, And I I'm looking forward to reading his book, by the way. <laughs> so, he had, um, Kodak had spent his career defending Mama freedom fighters. He and Boya held it down in the 50s when the British government told us we could not have po- national political parties. Put simply, this man was very clearly significant to Kenyan history, and by 1960s, everyone knew it. Mm-hmm. Yet, his death was not investigated, and I just... It's just suspicious as fuck. Mm. Um, and also, everyone also uses the same words to describe what happened to him. They all say it was a quote-unquote mysterious accident. Yep. Hornsby calls it that. Branch calls it that. Even the Truth and Justice Reconciliation Report says it was a mysterious accident. Mm-hmm. Because that's all we know. You can never... You see, all the others, Pio Gamma Pinto, um, Tom Boyer, uh, Senior Chief Orohio, yeah. JM Karaoke, you could all confirm they were assassinated. Yeah. For this one in Arwin's Kodek, 
it's 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 up in the air. It's, in fact, I was really shocked when you said that the next assassination person you're looking at is Arwen Skodek because I was like, from my knowledge there. of history, Arwen Skodek just died. I As in, no drama, but damn, you decided you want Arwen's. Let's hear about Arwen. Because he's a fascinating, fascinating man. Actually, yeah. And I think you could divide his life into so many Into so many pockets. things. You he, could say, you could talk so about... The Luo um, politics dynamics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was three. Well, it was two, but two point zero one. So it was Jaramogi, the mm-hmm. man from Ramogi. Yes. Yeah, that, that's what Jaramogi means. Oginga or Dinga. Mm-hmm. Then you have Tom Boyer on mm-hmm. the other end, and then you have Arguin Skodek, yeah. who probably was bigger in the beginning. Yeah. But uh, you also learn that the Luos had different types of politics. The big Luo kingpin for the longest time was Jaramog. Yeah. However, um, funny enough, Nairobi was dominated by Luo politics in the beginning. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll I, get I there. think we'll you'll get, get there. We'll, I, I mean, I'm, I didn't go that into, into that much detail. Mm-hmm. Which explains why this particular script is like 3,200 words. Do you, know, do you know what she did when she texted me? <laughs> She's like, oh, this is a short script. It's like 4,000 words. Excuse me? I said less than. Excuse me? I said me? less than. But still, that's most a lot of, of most words. Most of my scripts on average are between like 6,000 to 8,000 words. My Ethiopia script was about like 15,000, which was a beast to mm-hmm. write, but it was also fun. So anyway, here we are. We have Arguin Skodek. Okay, in order for somebody to die, they must first be born. Mm-hmm. And Arguin Skodek was born in 1923 in Malanga Gem constituency. Siaya County. Yes, to a wealthy Lua landowner from the Ugandan border. Mm. His parents were among the earliest Christians in Nyanza, mm-hmm. and he was baptized as Clement Michael George. It's so funny how those those days, like, I mean, one Mzungu name is is too much, but three, 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 as three. and then you think so you Kiambu people, by the way, if you look at Kiambu people and like Nyeri people of that generation as well, two, mm-hmm. there are two English names, why do you need two? Anyways, yeah. back, back to you. Um, later in life, the Clement Michael George was localized to, and forgive me, I don't speak Jaluo, mm-hmm. Chiedo Moor Gem, which means cooked or fried in gem. In gem. In gem, thank you, in gem. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as he was able, Kodek started going to school, first mm-hmm. to a local missionary school and then later to St. Mary's School in Yala. Mm-hmm. And finally, he went to St. Mary's College in Kisubi, Uganda, where he got his O-level certificate. Thereafter, he enrolled in Makarere and graduated with a teaching degree because that's all you were allowed to do. You could either be a clerk, in Africa, a clerk, you could be a clerk, or a teacher. You could be a teacher, you could be a nurse. Yes. That's it. I mean, my both my grandparents were teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was it. In uh, fact, teachers was like, wow. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, clerks, wow. but m- many of the ones who became very wealthy in politics were clerks. Also, can I say, I think the way we say wow is very kikuyu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like, wow. <laughs> this, this guy, I, I need to find his name. He corrects people on Twitter with their language. Mm-hmm. But yes, us Africans, and Kikuyus especially, W-O-W is actually W-A-O. Wow. Wow. Anyway, so he now has a teaching degree, and he comes back to Kenya. And Kodek would spend the next five or so years working as a teacher in the Rift Valley and the Nyanza provinces. Around this time, he actually met Daniel Arab Moy and like mm-hmm. taught him how to be a teacher and like nurtured that talent. Yes, yes. They worked well together, which was in my mind. I don't see those two men ever crossing paths like that. I mean, it's I think weird. I think Daniel Moy, 
this is fast forwarding to the end literally mm-hmm. i think he gave the eulogy at at codex yeah. funeral so they were friends I mean, it's just like you don't think of Moy as a per- as a person you think of him as a as That's a tyrant was he a tyrant are you really about to, is this the hill you want to die on no i'm just saying no he was an he was what's the word autocrat yes he had totalitarian tendencies. Sure. He was uh, not a good president for I, okay. 24 years. I feel like you're describing a tyrant. However, however, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Idi Amin Dada. Oh my God, nobody. You see, that's... You see, that's... You see, I think the totalitarianism is saved for like the worst. The Stalins, yeah. the, the, the Idi Amins. I think Moi was terrible, but man, they were worse. So basically you're saying it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Like that—that's your defense. It could have been. It, could, it wasn't he bad. Tortured because people, it been he worse. gave. He gave people hell. He was, he was against human rights. A lot of people were killed. But uh, Idi Amin Dada, how can they be put in the same sentence? You put them in the same sentence. You said totalitarian. I said you said totalitarian. You said tyrant. You said yes, tyrant. I said tyrant. Have you watched the the Netflix show How, how to, to Be, be a, a tyrant. tyrant? Who are the tyrants there? Oh Saddam God. Hussein. But Idi Amin, okay, but, uh, Joseph okay. Stalin. Okay, you know what? We, we will continue this discussion off mic because time. while while the script is not a long script, we do not have much time. We have to literally like thirty six minutes. So like, let's let let's get shit done. In 1947, Kodak won a government scholarship to study social sciences yeah. at what is now Cardiff University. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to study social sciences. Nope. He wanted to study law for very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and for also very obvious reasons, the colonial government was like, mm, no. Nope. No. You no, don't no, do no, law. No, 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 no. Um, so when Kodak applied to study law, the government was like, uh-uh. His response to this rejection was essentially the 1940s equivalent of new phone who this. Mm-hmm. As soon as he arrived to Cardiff, Kodak enrolled in a law degree to be mm-hmm. studied alongside his sanctioned Bachelor of the Arts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a law degree mm. and I earned it during the oh, age I of... didn't the know. Okay, I rarely mention it. So you please leave me alone. Wow, I just didn't I rarely know. mention that. Even uh, you know this. You can't give me shit for it. Uh, I worked hard for that degree. She's a lawyer. Okay, Although point she's is, refused to, 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 to cross the T's and dot the I's. Point. I'm crossing the T's and dotting the I's in other ways. Please. Anyway, KSL. And anyway, so I, I, I have a law degree. Mm-hmm. And I earned it at the age of the internet. Where like mm-hmm. all the case law and legislation was found at the literal tap of a button. Mm. And there were still moments where I struggled to find out information. So now, how did Kodak, in, ni- in the 1940s and early 50s, manage to have... Both a law degree mm-hmm. and a social science degree is beyond me. I guess How spend he... your whole life in, oh the, in the library. It's fucking correspondence. impressive. I mean, also, honestly, this kind of competence is also low-key attractive. Not to self, get another degree. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's not the point I'm making. Anyway, unfortunately, the British kind of figured out that uh, he was doing things he wasn't supposed to be doing, that he was studying law. So they terminated his scholarship after one year. Mm-hmm. Now, a law degree and a social science degree both are three it's years. Mm. I think maybe three to four years. So he proceeded to pursue a law degree with the financial support of his parents mm-hmm. at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, mm. which just goes to show you how much money his family must have had. Mm. Like, he's a man of privilege. Like, mm-hmm. let's, not, let's, let's not beat about the bush about this. Um, and in 1949, 
He graduated with both degrees, mm-hmm. and two years later, he joined the bar at Lincoln's Inn, mm-hmm. one of the most prestigious legal bodies in England and Wales. Did John Joe also join Lincoln's Inn? I think so. He joined at Lincoln's Inn or Gray's Inn. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was one of the big three, mm-hmm. and he was a barrister, mm-hmm. um, which is the guy that appears in courts and like defends you, whereas mm-hmm. a solicitor are the people, in, typically people in the office, that handle like the contract negotiations and and like do all the stuff you'd see in suits. Okay. Besides going to court. Mm-hmm. Um, now, around this time, Dromo had also began to tour the UK, Kenya, and kind of like build a base for the Kenya African Union. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also beginning to like operationalize our demands for independence. So, Vodek was like, you know what, let me turn my legal talents to defending my people, let me go back home. And in 1952, he quit his well-paying job and returned to Kenya to join in the struggle. Everyone was like, Why? Why? Why would you go back? And when and when and he and their concern was proven right because the second he landed, he was quickly humbled by the colonial government because, mm-hmm. well, racism. Yes, it's always racism. What was he offered? <laughs> the government insisted first that he complete a period of residential training oh, to seriously? context. Yeah, like this is a man who was who managed to get into one of the best legal bodies in the world. But that's normal, And isn't the government it? was like, sorry, no. Even you, if you became a barrister in the UK and you wanted to practice in Kenya, don't you have to do like a Kenyan no, integration? No, all you have to do is go to Q and get your qualifications just translated. Like there are like there are like equivalents. And if you match the equivalents, you're good to go. Oh. The fact that, that they didn't do that for him, because they did that for other lawyers, mm-hmm. other English lawyers that wanted to come practice here. Mm-hmm. But for him, they're like, no, residential training. We mm-hmm. insist. And Kodek was like, you know what? Okay, I, I will do this residential training. Um, but, um, and this, and so after he did it, this is what Paul Mwangi from the Black Bar says, and I quote, The Law Society of Kenya reluctantly recommended that he be admitted to practice in the colony, mm-hmm. and all the while looked around for a mallet to smash him back into oblivion. Yep. It wasn't just because, like, Kodek deigned to be a black man practicing law, but that he was an African man, a colonial subject, who defended people against their colonizers. Mm-hmm. And he did so while reading his white counterparts for filth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story of Kodek defending people who had been arrested for loitering without intent. And Kodek's defense was basically, how can a human being loiter without intent? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if you're walking, you're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he won. He won. So indeed, he dedicated his early career to defending the Mau Mau and not a moment too soon. He landed in Kenya as soon as a period of emergency exactly. began. Yep. Yep. And according to a profile in the Sunday Post, mm-hmm. Kenyatta gave him a royal reception, mm-hmm. he gave him a bottle of brandy and then rushed Kodek to the studio and then rushed Kodek to like a photo studio to be mm-hmm. pictured with everyone from you know, KAU. That's very interesting. And as soon as he was confirmed, Kodek became the only African member of the Nairobi bar. It's actually very interesting because also you remember, I, I think one thing I sort of schemed through was when he came back, mm-hmm. he, uh, he he came with company <laughs> of the... Wait, of did the, I even, Yeah, I mentioned this later. Go on, go of on. the white persuasion. Of the melanated... Uh, demelanated, yes. Or, yes, yes. Demelanated, whatever it is called. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, there was no... That was not something you do. Like there were no laws for that. That was just 
No, miscegenation was not a thing. Like Kenya, mm-hmm. I, I don't think as a country we've quite understood how racist mm-hmm. the English people were when they were our colonizers, yeah. how willing they were to institute like an apartheid-esque system yeah. in this country. Because they were willing. They it just were never given willing. the chance. As in, and, and, number, and also, like most of these guys who went mm-hmm. abroad, think of it this way, they John were Paul. African men. When they went abroad... Okay, I'm sorry. What are you saying? When they went abroad mm-hmm. without their wives, mm-hmm. they got new wives. Mm-hmm. Many of them. Mm-hmm. And many of them left children. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they did is when they were coming back to Kenya, ah, that wife, if they had that means, they sorted the wife like Jomo. Mm-hmm. His wife never suffered too much. But when they came to Kenya, they had that Kenyan wife. Yeah. Arguins decided, me, I'm coming with my... Right he decided wife. to do... What's that movie with... Um, uh, this actor. Guess who's coming for dinner? No, no, no. It's a. It's literally a movie about a Botswana, the Botswana Oh, a prince. United Kingdom. Something like that, where he comes with his white person. So Arguin Skodek was like, "Let's do that. Let's let's, let's that. come to a." <laughs> and you realize there's no laws. There's nothing. So you have to make the laws up. Except, you? except the only law that there existed was that like black people couldn't live in like Westlands, Kigiri, like those mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't live with his wife in those areas, even though he could afford to live there. Mm-hmm. So I think he ended up somewhere in like Eastlands mm-hmm. with his wife, which must have been interesting for everyone involved and when i listened to an interview from his daughter mm-hmm. his daughter said his wife was actually very well off yeah so she didn't get along with these sort of peasant cases mm-hmm. and she didn't get along with that so they sort of like grew up on their own so uh kodak was part of the ag's office but he wasn't treated with the same level of respect he was given shitty cases and even shittier pay um, he was paid three times less than his white colleagues. Mm. Um, so he quit his job and he began working for Chanan Singh Advocates before starting his own small law firm at Church House. Yeah. That's where he would defend a lot of the Mamal people. Mm-hmm. And he saved a lot of people from the noose, including Waruru Kanga and 48 mm. of those accused for murdering colonial loyalists. Mm, Waruru Kanja. And, uh, Kanja, thank you, another, my lord. Yeah, there were a few other sort of biggish names mm-hmm. that, that, that were saved by Arguings. And uh, he put his name together with the Dennis Pritt. Yes. I think very important. So once alone, like once he had his own law firm, he's doing his own thing, LSK found a way to stop him from practicing law. Mm. In 1957, they launched an investigation into his law firm and found that he was not keeping his books well. The he, was not in order. <laughs> he did not distinguish his clients' accounts and did not properly properly reflect all the money he was making. Mm-hmm. Um, even though these facts suggest that Kodek may have been fraudulent, the LSK never accused him of fraud. Mm-hmm. Yet, they recommended he be disbarred. Mm-hmm. And so he was disbarred. Kodak's name was removed from the role of advocates, but he was still recognized in the UK. Mm. So the next year, in 1958, LSK wrote to the Bar Council in England and asked them to also expel Kodak from their role and to expel them from Lincoln's Inn. Even though, and I cannot stress this enough, he had not been accused of fraud. At most, he was accused of accounting mismanagement. So he had powerful enemies. Yes. He basically was a guy who was good at... Good at lawing, but not very good at financial so, accounting. Like, and what makes it worse mm-hmm. is that this is like this accounting mismanagement is something that other people had also been accused of, mm-hmm. yet they'd been let off with a slap on the wrist. Yeah, take for exa- like, yeah, learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. take for example the case of Sri Ram Gautama. He was accused of fraud by his client, yet mm-hmm. he was only suspended for two years. 
Mm-hmm. He was allowed to keep his license to mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Or the case of the English lawyer, Mr. B.J. <laughs> Robinson, who was also accused of fraud. Child. I'm sorry, it's funny. You know, there was a meme I saw today that was like, every friends group has that person who's, who is able to make every conversation dirty. It's not me. The first person that came into my mind was you. It's not me. You and... Actually, it's a bunch of you. It's <laughs> just okay. me who's a holy person. <laughs> okay. All you right. see the problem? You see the problem? Then what are you doing hanging around a bunch of sinners? This may sound a little blasphemous. Oh my God, don't you do it. No, 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 moving on. Moving Jesus. on. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> moving the fuck on. Sang, no. Sat among Mm-mm. sinners. I was trying to save you from I am following. I am following the leader. The king in my of ways. kings and the lord of I am lords. following his actions. So I don't hang out with the holy. I hang out with the sinners. And we are pleased to have you around us. Yes, as the angel on your, on your right shoulder. Sure. Um, now, Mr. B.J. Robson was also accused of fraud. He was an English lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet he was arrested, charged, convicted, but he was not disbarred. And yet Kodak, a man who was not accused of fraud, was not only disbarred, but somebody made an attempt to disbar him in England as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know. Powerful enemies. And also racism. And powerful enemies. It also didn't help, like, as you said, that he was married to a white lady. <laughs> oh, that never helps. In that time, being married to a white person, you're rejected by your black people because, yes. please, why are you marrying a white person? Why would you, why would you why ally would you yourself dare? inside? Number two, yeah, and we have many eligible mm. black women uh, over here. here at home, yeah. In fact, I'm sure many of his family members were like, uh, you know, here in Africa, you can have two. You can just get another one. Please, just one for the show in Kenya. Okay. Then you're rejected by the Mzungus because mm-hmm. they don't want you breaking with this. Tradition so, and everything, yeah. So you're just sort of always on your own. Yeah. Um, so Kodak kind of just took everything in stride. He was, I think he must have been incredibly mentally strong to like, mm-hmm. like deal with this. Because mm-hmm. in this instance, if you have a persecution complex and like... If that is a byproduct of everything you've gone through, I get it. Mm. It makes a lot of sense because it's very clear that people are after your ass mm-hmm. and people definitely don't want you to be where you currently are. Mm. Um, so as all this was happening, as the LSK was trying to disbar him, trying to basically stop him from practicing law, around 1955, Kodak was approached by White Wycliffe, Wycliffe Awari's office, mm. to create the Kenya African National Congress. Kodak mm-hmm. was expected to help draft a party constitution and be the president of the organization, mm-hmm. leading a committee of eight in governing the party. However, upon hearing the name of the party, the Kenyan African National Congress, the colonial government was like, no, 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 no. You know, it was illegal. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it was illegal. There was like you weren't allowed You're to not have a national politics. party. Yeah. So Kodak was like, okay, fine, I'll change the name. Mm-hmm. And in 1956, the name of the party was changed to the Nairobi District Mm -hmm. African Congress, and a license was granted. Fun fact, Mm -hmm. that apparently during the negotiations, Mm -hmm. I think I got this from the Standard or something, that after he was rejected the Kenya African National Congress as like an, what you would call an... A fuck you! (laughs) to 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 the people... His next name was the Hiroshima Nagasaki Party. Oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck? Ooh. Yep. Okay, you know what? You know what? That's Kodak. the rumor. Mm. So. Mm. You know what petty is as petty does. 
he did it just as in he knew it was never going to be accepted but, but he's still, like this is a fuck this you. is this is part of his negotiations <laughs> like and then he now he came down and then he agreed to the Nairobi what, District African Congress NDAC So the license came right in time for the 1957 Lechco elections mm-hmm. where Kodak was considered to be a show a show a, a, show, a sure bet a show in for the mm-hmm. mayor of Nairobi post mm-hmm. that was until one man yes came in yes and stole the thunder his greatest rival Tom Boyer Tom Joseph Boyer So like here's the thing about their rivalry I actually think it would make a very good like television show I'm telling you I'm I telling think you it if, would make if, a fantastic if, 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 content if my laziness didn't subsided one day i would just focus on african history and just make sto- there's so many stories there's so many good stories like i still but this would the, the sad thing about kodak is that because history has been unkind to recording his history yep uh he's going to end up being a footnote he's already ended up becoming a, a footnote, footnote in, in boyer's, boyer's story, story. So it would be like so it would be like the movie of Boyer this would be the beginning like Boyer's first big challenge against the one everyone thinks is better, better. smarter he beats him mm-hmm. and then now he goes on to fight Jaramogi yeah. and the government and then gets Yeah so uh here's the thing about Kodak and Boyer mm-hmm. they were both excellent speakers Mhm both quite intelligent men both lawyers both lawyers but only Boyer was an organizer Mhm He knew how to get people on board with his plans and how to get them to do what they needed to do and Kodak just Boyer was a unionist. Yeah. Kodak was a barrister. Basically. Please. He was used to working alone because mm. a lot like a lot of barristers are kind of you are kind of like working mm-hmm. independently for the most part. Mm. Um and as a result, when the campaigns is run around because <laughs> and everyone knows this, in politics there are a lot of things that determine whether or not you win or lose. But mm-hmm. the two main things are your capacity to organize and mobilize mm-hmm. and the amount of money you have. Besha. So the reason why I've I've heard this said many times, but the reason why Raila consistently loses is that he's so poorly organized. Terrible. When and his opponents are just not. Yeah, because they know how big of a when you know how big that threat is, by the way, you better be organized. They they, they get their shit together. And mm-hmm. Kodak was a really bad organizer. So mm-hmm. as soon as the campaigns began, he lost control of the party. Shit hit the fan. He was suspended as president of the Nairobi District African Congress for mismanagement, mm-hmm. sensing a theme here. And Kodak always suspected that Boya had a hand in this, and Boya is the one that got him kicked out. Almost certainly. And Boya was like, "Nah, I will clown you for marrying a white woman. I will clown you for your drinking. I will clown you for being what I think is a useless, a waste of space. Mm-hmm. But I did not do this. This is all you, sir." Um, When your opponent is on the ropes you dis- you, you take a bazooka and blow and bang. Still, you don't keep punching. You you destroy them. But I I Kodak sorry, Boya was consistent in that I didn't do this. Right? Mm-hmm. So without a party to mobilize around support for him, he lost to mm-hmm. Boya. And then he got 1746 votes and Boya got 2138 votes. Yeah, that's a thrashing. That's a thrashing. But this didn't stop Boye from doing his bit to prepare for the country for independence. Mm-hmm. He continued to speak out against injustices and in 1959 he used his connections in British Parliament to bring attention to the Hola massacre mm-hmm. where colonial officials clubbed 11 people to death mm-hmm. and then tried to cover it up. Mm. In response to this, the gov- the British government attempted to distance themselves from this crime against humanity and argued that what those colonial officers did did not reflect our laws it was a whole bad bad apples argument right and kodex response is and i fucking love it is and i quote 
Woe and wilt upon Britannia, that she chooses to export the most stupid and vile of her sons to civilize Africa. O oh, mistaken queen, come and evacuate these simpletons who understand nothing of you, neither your jurisprudence. Mm-hmm. Petty. <laughs> I'm petty Beautiful. all the time. Give me a P. Give me an E. You no. don't know that video? If we had time, I saw I'd make you watch it. Yeah. So... He was also responsible, apparently, mm-hmm. for Odinga's airlift plan in the 1960s. I read a resource that said that he was the one that came up with the idea of sending students to Eastern Europe for their degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some th- that same source alleges that Kodak assisted 200 potential students in leaving the country to go to East Europe. Mm-hmm. And when Kenya came, and when time when time came for Kenya to negotiate for its independence at the Lancaster conferences. Kodak was there to help us navigate the legal hurdles because you know the British people were going to try shit. And he was also there to help us draft our constitution. You'd think this would have, like, everything would have prepared him to be the AG or the Minister for Justice and Constitutional Affairs. But nope. Mm-hmm. When Kenya gained its independence, Kodak was appointed the Assistant Minister of Defense, mm. which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, as a politician, however, Kodak was known for being absolutely savage in parliament mm-hmm. when an mp was trying to like place a part of of the mount kenya forest reserve kodek replied and i quote mr speaker i noticed that the honorable member is rather underdeveloped under the chin Ooh, mm-hmm. rather underdeveloped under the chin I don't even know what that. I means. don't even. It, it just sounds like an insult. It's a definitely. It an insult. sounds like an insult. I don't know I what he's you, trying to say. I thought, you, I thought it'd be rather underdeveloped above the chin because that means your Same. brain. Your brain is. Uh, Same, but like when I was reading the Hansard, mm-hmm. is it like I don't know? You have a weak neck. Is it? Oh, it's or or is it because majority of the politicians were male? So is it that like you have tiny balls, and like a tiny? I mean, there there were Possibly. a lot less explicit back then. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There was also another time when, as the PS for health and housing, his time had ended had ended on the floor, um, and when he was informed that he kind of needed to stop talking, his response was no, mm. and he continued to talk. Yeah, brave. He's also known for being a friend that people could trust, a person who builds bridges. He was a consummate nationalist who believed in national unity. At the end of one speech, Kodek once said, and I quote, In ending this speech, I must beseech all members and pray that we shall have, as the Germans say, Kenya above all, Deutschland über alles, so that we may live here, and when we die, we shall have left Kenya a better place than when we came to it. Mm-hmm. End quote. As you can imagine, Kodek fucking hated tribalism. He detested the late night meetings that led to cliques and in and out groups, and he wanted the government um, to be about you know, everyone, and not just a specific subset of people. Mm. He even warned the government about presuming that independence was the end of the story by saying, and I quote, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Eternal vigilance is the price, is the price of, of liberty. liberty. Exactly. You can just tell this guy had a British accent. <laughs> of course he did. You can just tell. Mm. This English is just such King's English. Yes. Continue. Okay, so in 1966, Odinga was kicked out of... Kanu, orchestrated yep. by Mboya. Mm-hmm. And as everyone started side-eyeing, by everyone I mean the Kikuyu elites, started side-eyeing the Luas, uh, Kodak remained loyal to Kanu. And for his loyalty, he was appointed as foreign minister from 1966 to 1969, which would be the year of his death. Mm-hmm. By the time he was dying, I think he was only like 36 years, 46 years old, I think. 
He was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Kodak... Don't assassinate old people. Think of all the ones oh who've been assassinated. Oh my God, speaking of old people, you know Henry Kissinger is still alive? He's a hundred. said that before. I don't know why you have problems. It's Henry Kissinger, the man orchestrated the bombing of Cambodia for no other reason than to get white people to vote for Nixon. But do you remember the guy who instituted Nagasaki and Hiroshima? So was it Truman? No, but who who was behind the, the Oppenheimer FDR. project? FDR. It was FDR. Yeah. See, they're all terrible. They're all terrible, sure, but you, so, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. It's just that FDR also did a like, bunch of good good things. My point was, <laughs> if you look at most of the assassinations in Kenyan history, in African history, they're like all under 60. It's just young people. Youth. Think Tomboya, Pio Gama Pinto, uh, J.M. Karaoke, Alvin Skodek, Thomas Sankara, you have uh, this other guy who was the head of Samora Machel. Don't you also have what's his face? Patrice Lumumba? Patrice Lumumba. Mm. All young. So now it's time to talk about how Kodak died and how Mm -hmm. little we know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, He was killed in a quote unquote mysterious car accident Mm -hmm. on the 29th of January 1969. And here's what happened according to his second wife. Mm. They parted ways after an event at the Princess Hotel on Tomboya Street. Mm. She left ahead of him in his car to their home in La Vie so she could tend to their children. Mm. Kodak was supposed to drive her car home. Yet as the hours ticked by, he was nowhere to be seen. So she started to get a bit worried. And Mm. at 10 p.m., she still had heard nothing. Mm -hmm. 11 p.m., nothing. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes later, the police show up on her doorstep. Mm -hmm. And they tell her that her husband, Kodak, had been involved in a car accident at the junction of the present-day Wood Avenue and Ardwings Kodak Road. Mm. Her husband, Kodak, was now in the hospital, and she was like, take me to see him. Take me to the site of the accident. Mm-hmm. And the cops took her. When she got to the site of the accident, she saw broken glass, oil, and blood. Mm-hmm. What she didn't see was Kodak's car, specifically her car that he was mm. supposed to be driving. When she asked about it, the cops were like, oh, the car was towed away. And she was like, isn't this a crime scene? Mm. Why would you remove evidence? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is suspicious, but okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to let this go for now. Thereafter, she was taken to Nairobi Hospital where Kodak was still alive and in the emergency room. Mm. She made sure he was getting receiving the best possible care. She was updated on his condition and she was like, you know what? I think he's going to be fine. Mm. So she left. She was then awoken on, at 5.30 in the morning on the 29th of January and asked to return to the hospital. There she found Kodak dead. He was already been covered by a sheet. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember at the beginning how I was like very unhinged about how little we know about this. It was mm-hmm. like giving sunny, it was giving um, Charles from its always sunny Philadelphia energy. You know, when he's with the, with the board and the, and the, and the tape. I have 100% and watched oh, It's Always Sunny. You, you know that meme? Never watched it. You know that meme with the guy in the suit-ish thing and he has a notice board with red string all over it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it was serving that energy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I'm going to allow myself to seep back into that energy for a moment because this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Number one, how did they know that Kodak, what car Kodak was going to be in? Unless they were monitoring both his car and his wife's car. They would not have known about the switch. Yeah. Because by that same logic, they would have gone after the wife in his car. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it could have also just been like it was an accident, like genuinely just an accident because they didn't know that he was in his wife's car mm-hmm. and it was just some random guy 
that had he got into an accident with. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do know is that his story stops basically as soon as he dies, which is weird because we don't know if his death was a murder or an unfortunate accident. I could not find evidence that the police investigated it. I could not find evidence in the Hansard that this was brought up in Parliament. I could not find evidence in newspapers, or I could not find the newspapers I needed Mm -hmm. to see how people reacted to his death. Mm. It's just weird that everywhere you look, his story just ends as soon as he dies. Well, they named a road after him, so... Gee, that feels so nice. You also want to know who else got a road named after him? Francis Atoli. Mm. <laughs> mm. Don't tell Boniface Wangi that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it's still so weird that we know little about his death because he was a minister, the foreign affairs minister at mm. the time he died, and the government did not investigate. It looks like they didn't make any attempt to investigate his death. I truly... Completely, and and people have called me Uncle Tom, so you can you you are you are allowed to go against this. Completely believe that if it were an assassination, it was a hundred percent not a government assassination. You, you know the question we ask in all these assassinations. We asked it in JM. We asked it in Tomboya. I'm sure you asked it in any other in the Pio Gama Pinto one as well. I haven't done Pio Gama. Pinto. You haven't done Pio Gama. It was Wari Wari. Oh Warohio. Warohio. See Warohio, it was very clear. The mama <laughs> killed him. That was obvious. That was done. Or it could have been the white people. Or, or the white people looking for an excuse yeah. to get in. For Agnes Skodek, in terms of national politics, he wasn't a threat enough um, to any of the lower leaders. He yeah. wasn't a threat uh, to the government. He was not against... He stayed in Kanu um, when he should have been going to KPU because he was an ally of Jaramogi. Mm-hmm. To me, and to, to it doesn't make sense that the government would need to assassinate him. Yeah. Um, and then also, you look at the other small, small things. Uh... At Arguin's funeral, Daniel Toreitich Aramoy gives the eulogy. Mm-hmm. Jomo Kenyatta flies down the day that uh, um, Arguin Skodek is um, announced dead mm-hmm. to come and condole with the family. He attends the funeral yep. with no attacks. Yep. Um, Tom Boyer is seen, if you watch the, the small clip, is seen one of the pallbearers carrying the yep. body. So to the, to the naked mind, you're like, these don't seem like people guilty of an action that they committed. Well, if you look six months later, was it even six months? It was, it was six months. It was almost exactly six, six months, months later at the Tomboya situation. None of the government, apart from, I think it was Mwai Kibaki, mm-hmm. managed to attend. Um, the chaos that ensued was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The fire, the anger, the, 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 the movements by Jaramogi, like it was chaos. But this one, it seems like everyone just came together to say bye to Arguin Skodek. Yeah. So I, I would believe if it was, because someone did tell me that one thing we do not, we, we, we don't look at enough, one thing we overlook is that during that time, a lot of people were killed for business. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was a business deal that went wrong. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Um, the, or it could have just been that, like a mysterious accident, because... Mm. By 1969, there had already been like seven such road accidents, mm-hmm. I think, um, that involved prominent or big people. Mm. Um, so maybe he was just an unfortunate statist- statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that has given me a bit of pause <laughs> is that, it, is that um, and I read this in multiple sources, I think even on in Google, mm-hmm. in the Arts and Culture page for Arguin's Codec, was that 
he had apparently like his body also looked like it had been shot at mm-hmm. um apparently john Doe had, like took one look at his body and was like well it kind of looks like he was he was shot at mm-hmm. um and that's john Joe. it's that's the thing i wish i wish i don't know why he died government. without writing a book somebody should just compile these no, letters no, it's and better things. he didn't because honestly the saddest thing about all these books even even though i said i'm excited to read duale's books is that when you're reading these political leaders' books, they're all tamed down and they they don't tell you the truth, truth. John Joe would never have told us the truth. Do you think do you think he was allowed to? May I told you what I would have done if I was John Joe? Simple. Upon I write the book, mm-hmm. keep it very secretive. Upon my demise, in the reading of the will, it is stipulated that this book will be published. It can it goes through private publishers. Government doesn't get to know about it. Boom! It just blows up everywhere. Then, I really think that would happen. I, I don't know. I think if you, if you plan it enough, me, if Kenyans of the world, if you appoint me to something, I promise you, if I've done crazy things, by the time I say peace, you'll know, you'll know everything. You'll know. Because you're dying, you might as well die with a clear conscience. Let me go with a bang. Let me be like, what are those people who in your in your shows? You know, like real housewives and whatever. Like, let it all burn. Let's just scorched earth. Let's just, oh, let's just, you yes. know what? Let's be petty. Let's just go like that. Let Kenyans oh, know the truth. Time. Because my curiosity kills me. Tomboy kills me. JM Karaoke kills me. Alguin's not so much because I think he was in an accident, but it's just frustrating. But yeah. anyways. No, that's it. The mm-hmm. man is dead. We, 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 like, the, his story's ended naturally because he's dead, but also... Because they just stopped recording it. Mm. It stopped mattering for some reason. Mm-hmm. Which is at odds with his significance in creating Kenya. Mm. As an independent country. As a people. Mm. As a state. So, yeah, sp- we're done. I, I would give my, my final yeah. call. Which is, which is actually sort of a sad statement. But I feel people like Arguin Skodek. Um, people like many others um, in our history... It's a bit sad because they're ending up becoming footnotes in our history rather than people exploring their significance mm-hmm. to the history of this country. I feel there are so many stories that haven't been told that need to be told about greatness. Like Arvin Skodek, you can tell his life, a life that reached 40 what, 40 something. 46. You can divide it into into three stories. You have Arvin Skodek, the African man who fought for the Kapenguria Six, yes. the one and the only. Yes. Because the rest, if you there's a um, article that says Dennis Pritt when he was talking about the 1952 time, mm-hmm. he counted him, he counted some other guy, and then he he said junior Kenyan lawyers like Alwin Skodek was the senior Kenyan lawyer. Yeah. You talk about his history there. You talk about his overcoming um, time in the UK and his fighting. You talk about his his storytelling. Yeah. All of that has faded up into the air. Yeah. And all we are left with is this is the guy Tom Boyer beat. Yeah. And then died mysteriously. Yeah. It's extremely sad. His history no longer became about what he did, but who he was up against. Mm. It became about someone else. Exactly. I guess I guess in that way he was murdered twice, wasn't he? Mm. First literally, then second historically. Historically. But we we are, we are historically murdering hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Ki, Jeremiah Kiano, um the Kionis, the there's so many people who did such a great thing to African history who are getting forgotten. G.K. Karevi, I don't know who that is, but I'm just saying his name, you know? <laughs> hey, maybe we should do a podcast episode about it. Maybe, just maybe, you could write the script for that one. If and if 
certain factors do happen, I would gladly do it. Oh, thank God. But that's a big if. Oh. So, uh, but there's so many stories that are forgotten that I wish need to be remembered. And I think, I would like to think uh, that we have done our job mm-hmm. in remembering this great, great man. Mm-hmm. And on that note, thank you so much for coming. I have no idea when the next episode will be. You have to do a Madaraka Day episode. On what? There's so much. Like what? Have you done... I think you did. You did do Kapenguria. I haven't done the Kapenguria. Do the Kapenguria! My God. Madaraka Day. Do, do the Do you want to help research? me with the research? It's it is, work. It, um, you will enjoy it. I and you have do to do... starting is an idea. Yeah, start... We are calling on Alien to do Kapenguria 6. And then the next one after that will be on the Asian Kenyan community. Inject. And their history. So Mark and Singh, the, 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 the Pinto. Gamma Pinto. And then you have the, the, the business guys, the Sousa. Like, like you could do a whole series on that, but you could just do it on, in one episode. So You know what? Because I was actually thinking in terms of content for the Madaraka Day, which is a Thursday, which mm-hmm. is a waste of a public holiday. So sad. No, everyone's going to take Friday yeah, off. Like Friday is not going to be a work day again. They, they should just assume it's not. Because it's a like people are going to be hanging from Thursday. No one is going to work. Uh, no, we're not like It's only lo- lawyers and... I mean, doctors and... Lawyers, because lawyers, lawyers who have to work, yeah. So, like, I was actually thinking for that episode, considering that it's 60 years... Mm-hmm we would spend some time discussing the state of our great republic to see the the thesis would be um it's one of my favorite john green quotes where Mm -hmm. he says revolution is a 360 degree turn where you end up right back where you started now you've said it so many times because it's a beautiful quote because it's true so why don't we do a double header you look at the case as a lawyer Mm -hmm. look at the capenguria six case Mm -hmm. and then as we are having our banter nonsense, we'll talk about the state of our republic. Okay, you know what? That could be fun. Like, it would give me some chances to brush off the old law degree. Mm-hmm. Actually use it for what it's meant for and not just like research and banter. Exactly. And you can look at some of the, 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 the giants in our, in our law history. People like Dennis Pritt. Interesting guy. Interesting people. And there's another Asian guy I can never remember. It may have been Fitz D'Souza. Who was also was he a lawyer? Yes. Can't remember. Who was also fighting for the republic at that time? Like Kapenguria was, a, it was a story. I think what I find most interesting about like on the subject of the Asian community is that for all they have done to secure the independence of this country, mm-hmm. we are very quick to put them in a box. Yes. And like kind of ignore them politically until it's relevant. Absolutely. And I feel like that's not fair to them because. Mm-hmm. They are also Kenyan, and they should have a say in our republic. And that's why you have to do your Asian Kenyan series. I'm just not entirely sure if we are the best people to be speaking about this because we are part of the ethnic majority, talking about the history of an ethnic minority. You can't always be scared of saying things. That it's need not. To it's, be it's, said. it's it's not. It's it's not the it's it's not the it's not that I'm afraid of saying what needs to be said. It's that I want to make sure it's an accurate representation. No. Once I was doing the research on Makan Singh. I think his name was Mark and Singh. Mark and Singh didn't even, like, he wasn't even Kenyan. He was Indian, Indian. He just came here so for the fight yeah. because he was, he was a trade unionist and for the fight that was. And his history is so interesting. There's books that he wrote. There's books about him. I don't know where to find them. I was trying very hard to find them at a time. Have you tried Z? Nope, we're not going to say that. Indeed. Z library still dead. I don't know me. I don't deal with piracy and, and theft. 
Yes, it's illegal. Uh, Don't pirate content. Don't do that. I watch Netflix, Amazon, Showmax, and then when Disney Plus Plus comes, I'll watch that as well. Honestly, let me tell you, people. Now, Disney, Disney is the only one I condone. I I was gonna say, almost gonna say, condone piracy because you haven't brought that platform to Kenya. We can't pay for it. To be honest, please. How else do we watch your content? Yeah, exactly. Like if like we want to be a part of the global world that's talking about Disney content. Mm -hmm. But you're not giving us the opportunity, son. Mm-hmm. So what else do you expect us to do? Do you just expect us to... How do you think our kids are going to watch Lion King? You think we're going to go and buy the DVD? Uh, uh, nobody has DVDs. Oh, I have DVDs. I do not. Well, okay, you're, you're looking right player. at a player. It's never been played. So, yeah, it's looking a little, little bit dusty. Uh, you, you get out of a my house. A little crusty. So thank you so much for watching the Utajua Hujui podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Utajua Hujui podcast. I have been your host, Aileen, drinking my peppermint tea and green I tea and mint. Drinking, drinking my green tea and mint tea, yeah. and been sitting opposite the greatest man I know, mm, none other than the greatness I, himself. Well, see, there's no way for me to disagree with that without being a, without saying it in a dickish way. So I'm just gonna go. Mm, I don't know about that, but I will say this for the first time in forever. We finished in under an hour. The episode is done. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. High five. High five us. High five. He flipped me off. No. It's a lie. It's a lie. Bye. It's a lie. Bye. so much for listening to the Utajua Hujui podcast. I really appreciate you giving me your time of day. I know that your time is very valuable. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at utajuahujui.pod. That is at U-T-A-J-U-A-H-U-J-U-I dot P-O-D on Instagram. Please don't forget to like, share, review, do all the nice things. I could really use the boost. Okay, enjoy the rest of your time on this planet. Goodbye.